Sound of that music means it's another Boilers Extra podcast from jconline.com, SoundCloud, and whoever else wants to get a piece of us, which I wish, I wish more people would want to get a piece of us. DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, just saying. Be nice to have like a real sponsor. Um, maybe one day. When I'm not doing this anymore, we'll have a real sponsor. Mike Carmen joining you on the Bowlers Extra podcast. Uh, about 10 days into the second Purdue football training camp. And I, a lot of this is guesswork in reading tea leaves because uh, you know no one's really able to watch practice other than those inside the Purdue football bubble. And we're not sure exactly who who all those parties are. Um, what we do know, it's not the media. And as uh, stated before, we've probably watched our last Purdue football practice during the the Brom era. But they did hold a scrimmage. There's video proof of it up on our website at jconline.com. About two minutes of... Um, some pass plays, some run plays, some tackling, some blocking. Uh, got a chance to see all. Got a chance to see four quarterbacks: Jack Plummer, Aiden O'Connell, Austin Burton, and Michael Lamo. Uh, saw David Bell, I think, believe catch a touchdown pass. King Daru ran for a touchdown. Um, there were some others: Rashawn Rice sighting. Uh, so. You watch it, glean whatever you want out of it. Uh, you know, it was provided by Purdue, so you're not going to find any uh, secret plays in there or anything like that. But it's just good to watch a little football, even though it's it's two minutes from ground level and uh, not sure what the uh, <laughs> not sure what you take out of it. But still, it's there for your perusing if you would like. Uh, probably the biggest news that has come out of camp so far has been the injury to Jackson Anthrop, a shoulder injury suffered uh, probably a week or two ago. He's had surgery. He's got some pins in the shoulder. Uh, his timeline, you know, Jeff Brown wouldn't commit to one. He never does. Uh, but I've heard four to five weeks maybe, uh, which then you back it up a little bit because he doesn't just, just have surgery today, which today is Sunday. October 11th. So he's had, you know, the surgery's been done for a few days. Um, so that would f- potentially uh, bring him back uh, if everything goes well around around mid-season. Now, you know, we, we all know Jackson likely was not going to be a starter this year with Rondell Moore uh, in the slot. And he, even when Rondell had opted out, you, you were also looking at, uh, you know, TJ Sheffield, who, uh, who had had a great training camp uh, the year before, uh, got on the travel roster to Nevada, but then uh, suffered an injury. But and then Jackson kind of plugged in last year, ended up third on the team in receptions. And this is a kid that also, I call him a kid, this is a young man that also uh, led the team in receiving uh, Brahms' first year in 2017. But with a blanket waiver for everyone to come back Jackson will have the opportunity to come back assuming pretty wants him to come back which I think they would he is a valuable piece he can he can do a lot of different things for you if you if you need if you need a running back he can do that if you need a, a punt returner 
uh, he can do that. He can do he he does a lot of different and, and uh, effective things and has for this program uh, during his tenure. But uh, that's probably the biggest news that's come out of camp so far as the injury. That's the injury that we know about. Uh, who you know, who knows what else has happened uh, during practice or who who's not going to be available for that first game. Uh, you know, we'll all just find out uh, when I, when Iowa definitely comes to town. You know, regarding the quarterback situation, what Jeff Brom said on Saturday, uh, first of all, he was asked, I asked, you know, which quarterback did you start the scrimmage with? And he did not answer, uh, which not surprising. But if you if you watch the scrimmage video, uh, and if if we believe the scrimmage video to, to go from the, the start of the scrimmage to the end, then Jack Plummer would have started the scrimmage if, if we're reading, if we're reading clues to that, what does that mean? I, I, probably not a whole lot, uh, because if they have another scrimmage, Aiden O'Connell may start that scrimmage, uh, and then it's safe to say that they've rotated the quarterbacks with the number one offense uh, numerous times throughout practice because that's what they've done in the past. Um, but you know, uh, he, he did make it sound like. Right now, it's between Plummer and O'Connell with Austin Burton really close. Uh, that's the way I interpret it. Um, so, and that's not a surprise just because uh, Jack and Aiden have been here longer, uh, got a better grasp of the offense where Austin Burton's still in the learning phase, still trying to, you know, uh, put playbook to field and implement everything that needs to be implemented. And he, you know, he just needs time. I'm, I'm, I'm confident that Austin Burton will play at some point this year. Uh, just a matter, you know, maybe the first game and maybe the second game. Jeff Brom left himself open again to playing two quarterbacks, uh, n- not particularly by design, not what the goal is, but it's the option there. And I, you know, I think I've been pretty clear. I think we will see two quarterbacks this year, um, and I am. It's not saying there's going to be an injury it's just I think he's going to try to get somebody else ready to go in case you have a, a lack of performance for one game you do have an injury other circumstances pop up still have the COVID situation that could uh, take a player or two out of the mix for you know in the Big Ten case uh, 21 days that's three games uh, so I, I mean I, I think we'll see two quarterbacks in in meaningful situations, similar to what happened in 2017 uh, in the first game against Louisville where Sindelar started, then Blau came in in the second quarter, uh, and then they let it play from there, and it kind of went that way for, for a few weeks. And that's not a surprise. I, uh, I just, you know, my, uh, my gut tells me, and it's a big gut, um, but my gut tells me that, you know, I think O'Connell might be closer uh, to winning this race than maybe a lot of people think. Um, he, he's got an, he's probably got the strongest arm of the three. And now his, his issue in the in the in the Brom world is just being able to move the pocket, get himself out of trouble in the pocket, uh, use his feet. Uh, you know he's talked about you know improving his uh, his footwork to the point where he can escape danger and create. 
a, you know, turn a negative play into a positive play with his feet. Austin Burton always already brings that. I think Jack Plummer was showing a lot of that uh, before his injury last year where, um, you know, Jack went through the phase of just trying to get comfortable in the game for the first time. Uh, but then as his experience continued, I think you saw him more comfortable getting out of the pocket and running and picking up positive yards. And I really thought he was making some strides in that area. Aiden still, based on what he did last year and just based on what we're hearing this year, is still working on that. But, you know, I think he showed a lot of confidence and it showed a lot of uh, fortitude uh, in the games that he did play and the games he started. And, uh, you know, that was against Indiana, against Wisconsin, against Northwestern. You know, I thought he held up well, and you know the kid. I think the kid has a lot of confidence right now. Again, I called him a kid when the when he's not, but uh, Aiden I think has a lot of confidence right now. And you know, Jack's a year older. It, it would be a fun ba- it would be a fun battle to chart uh, for for fans to kind of know uh, the ups and downs and the throws that they make and all that kind of stuff. But we're all you know we're we're all wait till. Uh, <laughs> so when the Hawkeyes come to town, uh, uh, you know, in, in about uh, uh, 12 days or so to, to figure out what, what the quarterback situ- situation does uh, look like. Uh, Jeff Brom did say at the scrimmage uh, that there's been drastic improvement as far as eliminating the big plays. You know, it's a it's a tough it's a tough thing to to evaluate, I think, just because you're you're going against yourself. Um and you're going against Rondell Moore and David Bell, assuming that they're practicing all the time. Rondell probably is not practicing all the time, uh, but you still have talented wide receivers there uh, on the offensive side. Uh, but that that's a big key for this defense uh, coming into the season is just eliminating those big plays or, you know, limiting the big plays. You're not going to take, take them all away. You're going to get hit with some, but Purdue can't be last in the Big Ten in giving up plays of 20, 20 yards or more, which they were last year. And it, it led to, you know, the four and eight record along with some other things. And that's why Jeff went all wholesale changes on the defensive side. You know, he got rid of the coordinator, Nick Holt. Uh, he got rid of two other uh, assistants. He brought in, you got three new coaches on the defensive side and you, you need to show and demonstrate marked improvement uh, on the defensive side. And one of those is, is, is limiting the big plays. Now, if you've traced Bob Diaco's history a little bit, um, he seems to have his defenses in the past. Now they've been at different places and with different personnel, but they they seem to kind of bend, don't break type of uh, a defense, tighten up in the red zone, which is which is fine. But teams are going to have to move the ball to get into the red zone, so you, you're probably giving up some plays, some bigger plays uh, through the course of drives. And also getting off the field on third down. So, you know, as, as we dial in closer to the season, those are things to watch defensively. Uh, are they getting off the field on third down? Are they limiting those big plays and not just getting bombarded by 30-yard pass plays, 25-yard runs, so on and so forth, um, to, uh, to, to really put themselves in a hole? Now, you know, Purdue should have the offense uh, this season – to get in shootouts or at least get to the 30s. You know, if your defense is going to give up 25 to 30, I think Purdue's offense, when healthy and when all together, has a chance to to put up some points. 
and, and that may be the team that you have. Uh, and, the, and the worst thing for this team right now would not be able would not would have a lack of offense. I mean, I would not see this team having a lack of offense right now. If it does, it's in big trouble uh, because I, I don't. You know, the defense has some veteran guys, and they've added some veteran people, some junior college players, and a graduate transfer. Um, and they do have some experience with George Kalaktis and assuming Lorenzo Neal uh, can give them, uh, you know, a significant number of snaps, uh, along with Derek Barnes and some other guys. Um, you know, their defense should be better, needs to be better, but it it's not going. I don't I don't believe it's going to be the strength of this team. It 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 has to be the offense with based on the playmakers you have and some of the experience you have around and that goes from the quarterback to everybody else. So, you know, just a few things to watch from the defensive standpoint. You know, Brom did talk about uh, the offensive line um, a day after the offensive lineman talked about the offensive line. Um, and, you know, this group has experience. You know, they've, they've played in some games. Some, some guys have more than others. Not everybody has started, but at least they have a taste of the action, and I think that's a – that's a good starting point for this this group, but the you know the one thing that they lack, in in my opinion, is they don't have that one stud. They don't have that one stud. I you know I think all these guys are pretty much in the same neighborhood when it comes to talent. Um, now you take a guy like Gus Hartwig, a freshman who likely will see playing time this year uh, because he's he's going to be ready to play. Now he's a guy that may. Throughout his career, he develops into and will be one of those stud guys on the offensive line that you that you look at and you know you, you firmly believe you can run behind him and he's going to you know he, he's going to elevate everybody else on the line. But I think everybody else they have on the line are just they're they're kind of the same. It doesn't mean they're it doesn't mean they're bad. It just means they're they're just kind of the same. But you don't have that one stud or two studs on the offensive line that. Uh, you want to get behind, you know, when it's third and one, or you know, you 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 alter your your pass protection, so those those two guys, you know, help you out a lot. You know, again, they've got some experience, and that starts with Grant Herman's at left tackle. Uh, he's been a mainstay there. He'll he'll play there again. Sounds like Cam Craig is going to be the starting left guard. Uh, Brom had a lot of high praise for him and what he's done, uh, along with Dale Williams the other day. Center's going to have, you know, Sam Garvin's going to start. Um, and, and Sam has put together quite the impressive beard uh, based on a Zoom call we had uh, with him on Friday. Uh, he's just, since the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, he's just kind of let it go. Uh, so he's got a, he's a, he's a gristled veteran now. Uh, he looks, uh, he's got a little Grizzly Adams look to him. But he's got an impressive beard. Um, maybe that'll intimidate the, the defensive lines that he comes across. But he would be the starter right now at, at center. But Spencer Holstage is uh, getting a lot of work there, according to Brom and also Gus Hartwig, as we talked about. But Hart, Hartwig also can play some other positions. And, you know, that, that would be big for him to be able to get on the field early uh, and just get, get a taste of that experience and, um, and you know, get overwhelmed once and then settle into what, what you're supposed to do. At right guard, looks like D.J. Washington and uh, Mark, Mark Stick, Stickford are, are a part of the mix that would, uh, that would uh, be involved there. 
Uh, you got Greg Long, the, the, the graduate transfer from UTEP, uh, kind of working at right tackle. Uh, Eric Miller's also there. Uh, the one guy we haven't mentioned is uh, Will Brammel. He's, he's currently out uh, with some sort of injury uh, where, you know, they do expect him back for the Iowa game. But where he fits into this mix, uh, Bremel has played. Uh, you know, he's played center. He's played right tackle. I think he's getting uh, most of his work at right tackle, or was getting most of his work at right tackle before before he was injured. So he's he's a guy that can plug in and play uh, just about uh, just about anywhere. And I you know I think a lot of these guys can do that. Uh, they can plug in and play anywhere. But again, I don't. There's not that stud there on the line that, um, that, that just really stands out. Uh, now if they, you know, if they work together and they're, you know, they're, they're a cohesive group and their chemistry is good, which it should be, then you can do a lot. Uh, you don't necessarily need that stud, but I, I just think that's the one thing that they lack, but I, I think that's more of a recruiting thing, uh, than anything else. Uh, you know, maybe Gus Hartwig, kind of breaks that mold and gets that playing time as a freshman and then develops into, into one of those guys that, um, you know, you just, you're impressed with on the offensive line. And, you know, these guys need to be good because you need a running game. Purdue didn't get a thousand yards last year on the ground in part because of the lack of physicality and experience on the offensive line. And also what was going on in the backfield uh, with the running game, with uh, the inexperience that was there. They don't have a lot of bodies at running back, but you know King Daru is back. He got great experience last year. Xander Horvath uh, in his muscles uh, return. Uh, Juwan Hewitt and then uh, Tyreek Murphy, the freshman. Uh, you know I think all those guys are going to get their share of carries, get a look at. Um, and while Purdue's strength is the passing game, it needs its running game to open up some things. You need your running game to be able to, to put away drives. You need your running game to put away games um, at, at the end when you need third and two. You know, you can go back to, again, Brahms' first season uh, when they played Nebraska at, at Ross-Aid. Uh, I think they had third and one, third and two late in the game. Nebraska has no timeouts uh, or used their last timeout after it, but Purdue couldn't get, convert a third and short. They had the punt. Uh, Nebraska – Got the ball, no timeouts, moved down the field and scored the winning touchdown with like five seconds or so to go. But if you get those yards, you win the game. And so you got to, you know, you, you, Purdue needs a running game. Brom understands they need a running game. And, um, you know, and they need they need to be better. They just, they really need to be better uh, at that. And, I you know, it's going to start up front. and But it's also going to have, it's going to have a lot to do with the running backs. And they don't have that breakaway guy right now they've got again similar to their offensive line they've got right now all guys are basically the same um haven't seen murphy so we don't know exactly maybe he develops into the the home run hitting guy um but they don't have that that burner or that 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 one running back that you're you're fearful that's going to go the distance um you know they're capable because yeah they, they have the athletic ability but it just you know, it's not something you see right now, but whatever the running game needs to be, it needs to be better than it was last year, and that's going to be uh, it's really something to to watch. And while Purdue could step back and throw the ball every down, uh, which 
David Bell and Rondell Moore would enjoy. Uh, they they've got to be able to to do some things on the ground, and I you know I think they I think that they will. Uh, but anyway, I got one. There's one more kind of week left in this training camp uh, before you you get into to game mode uh, the next week. You know, and I'm sure they're already kind of preparing and doing things with Iowa in mind, uh, and Iowa's doing the same thing. You know, just a brief scouting report on Iowa. Uh, they've got they've got uh, you know Purdue has has a pretty good collection of receivers. They're probably more top heavy uh, than other teams as far as talent at the top with David Bell and Rondell Moore. Iowa's got a good collection of receivers too, and they're going to come in and challenge uh, Purdue from that standpoint. But Iowa's always going to run the ball first, and that's who they are. That's who they've been, and that's how they've they've won the number of games that they've won is by running the ball. Uh, controlling the clock, um, controlling the game, and hitting you with a pass that you know kind of breaks your breaks your back uh, every now and then. But you know Jeff Brom's had had decent success in his uh, three years uh, against Iowa, uh, and he'll find he'll find the corner cornerback that he feels he can pick on, uh, similar to what he's done every year. And try to hit some home runs with uh, uh, with either Bell, uh, Moore, Milton Wright, or whoever else is out there at that time. But you know, this is a big. You know, it's a big, big game. We'll get more into it as we get closer. But this is a big game. You know, it's a nine game season, number one, or eight game, eight game season with the ninth crossover game. But if you're going to contend for the West, I, you know, I think you got to win this game. Whoever wins this game is right there. Uh, and when you look at Purdue's schedule, it's it's really important because, you know, if you can beat Iowa, you got Illinois, which I know Illinois came in and, and beat the crap out of Purdue last year. Uh, but, you know, it's a program you feel even with. You feel like you could match up. And then you go to Wisconsin, which, you know, obviously the Badgers uh, are, are, the, are the cream of the West. But, you know, that, their quarterback is going to be making his third start at that point. Uh, so if, you know, Purdue can – get off to a good start this season and put themselves in position to stay in the West conversation longer. Um, they, they need to do that, but I don't, I don't think they can do that without uh, beating Iowa uh, to, to start the year. Uh, and that's, you know, that's going to be the main, the main thing. But anyway, yeah, Purdue's got another week of camp and then they get into game week and, uh, and get into the, the nuts and bolts of, of Iowa and all that kind of stuff. Uh, cup, uh, basketball practice does start on Wednesday, October 14th, uh, for the men and the women. And that was, you know, it's a, was a change made last month, uh, based on when the season is going to start right now. It's or November 25th. Still don't know the schedule for the Purdue men. Uh, they're waiting on the big 10 to determine, or at least to tell everybody how many conference games are going to play. And then, and then they will. Uh, be able to fill out their non-conference schedule. Right now, they're still planning to go to Florida uh, to play in the Cancun Challenge, which I know Cancun's not located in Florida, but it was moved because of COVID. Uh, they're they're supposed to play Liberty and then either Clemson or Mississippi State. But again, I think they're still waiting on the Big Ten to say, okay, here's your non-conference parameters. You have to play schools that test at the same level that the Big Ten tests at. And right now football is getting tested every day. Football players and their staff are getting 
tested every day. And once basketball starts on Wednesday, uh, the basketball players and staff uh, and people inside their their bubble will uh, get tested every day. And you know, I think the Big Ten's probably going to want uh, its schools to play other schools that do the same thing. Now, you've probably read or heard about like uh, Nebraska hosting a tournament. I think Illinois is going to host one. Well, I mean, there'll be teams come in, but I think those schools like Nebraska and Illinois will end up paying paying for the test, um, paying for the daily test for as long as those schools are there uh, in order to play. And that would be, you know, Purdue may do the same thing when it goes to Florida uh, in order to, to get that tournament off, off the ground and running. Uh, to me, I just think you bring the three teams here and you play here. <laughs> I, mean, I just there's less I mean you're going to go to Florida which is you know a nice deal but are you going to be able to really go out and do anything probably not I mean it's it's kind of it's like going on vacation well you can go but what are you going to be able to do and what are the limitations that uh, are going to be put on you um, so you know these these the holiday tournaments, you know, serve a couple purposes. One, they get good competition, but they also the, you know, it's kind of the benefit in a, of being in a big time program. You get to go to the, the exotic places and, you know, do some do some things that you probably normally wouldn't do. But, you know, this is the different year, so you've got you've got to make uh, adjustments. So I think they're waiting on the Big Ten. Pretty sure they're waiting on the Big Ten to say, hey, you're going to play twenty, you're going to play twenty two games. What are you going to do? And then they can uh, fill out their their non conference schedule. It doesn't appear that uh, Purdue had Purdue did have a game scheduled with West Virginia uh, for Brooklyn. It doesn't appear that game will be played, uh, and there'll be other games that have been announced that won't be played. Uh, but again, I think it goes back to how many Big Ten games uh, the the league decides that it's 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 going to play and when they're played. I think the Crossroads uh, Classic will get played. It may not get played on the same date that it, it has been played in the past. You know, I think that that one will happen. It does, you know, the Gavit games I, I think are off for this year. And then, uh, pretty sure, uh, based on people I've talked to the big 10 ACC challenge will, will be played on the men's side. Uh, but it will not be played on the women's side. Uh, heard, heard word about that on, on uh, Friday that, uh, the, the Big Ten and the ACC Women's Basketball Challenge will not be played this year. Now, that doesn't mean that a Big Ten team won't play an ACC team. It just will not be part of part of the challenge. Uh, so that's a non-conference game that the, the women were, were supposed to have but now won't. They were scheduled to play Notre Dame uh, in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. You know, Notre Dame can still come to Purdue and play that game if, if both schools want to do it. Uh, but now it's not going to be part of a contracted uh, event. But the men's Big Ten ACC challenge will will be played. I think Purdue is scheduled to be on the road. Exactly where, you know, still don't know, and all those things are are being pieced together right now. Again, waiting on the Big Ten to decide how many uh, conference games uh, they're going to play. Well, uh, that's going to do it. Uh, appreciate you stopping by. Uh, for the latest edition here on the Boulders Extra podcast, uh, we'll ramp these up. I always say that. We'll ramp these up as uh, uh, we get closer to the, the start of the season and, and try to uh, do do a few more shorter ones and just kind of keep you up to date on what's going on and 
chance to to share my opinions about uh, Purdue football, Purdue basketball, life, and everything else. And just in case you didn't know, the Bears are four and one. That's a good thing. That's a positive thing. And I know they, you know, they're not getting respected a lot, and that doesn't really matter. Your record is what matters in the NFL, and they've got work to do. Uh, there's no question, but the Bears are four and one. I just wanted to throw that out there uh, to to everybody. Anyway, appreciate you stopping by, and uh, uh, have a good day. Have a good week. Uh, have a good however long you need to have a good a good period of uh, of, of goodness. Uh, and then uh, we'll be back with another edition of the Boulders Extra podcast uh, down the road.